You're listening to the Bug Bucks Podcast, hosted by Alan Draper and Eric Bassett. Each week, they'll discuss ways to scale and grow your pest control company with a goal of helping you become a bug money millionaire. And it's so crazy, and I'm glad we finally have, are kind of going through some of these more specific points in Google's policies because there's a lot of times that we had a post in our Bug Bucks Facebook group where somebody specifically asked about these. And I don't think that a lot of business owners, PCOs, go into the policies in Google and actually read them word for word because there's definitely ways that you can, quote unquote, work around them that mm-hmm. still adhere by their policies. But I'm sure that some guys are probably just blatantly disregarding these. Well, and I think the interesting thing is that Google, I think they do a better job now of filtering out reviews. Hey, everyone, welcome to the Bug Bucks podcast, a podcast designed to help you become a bug money millionaire. I'm Alan Draper. And I'm Eric Bassett. And we're your hosts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bug Bucks Plus, which is the number one course designed to help you start and grow your pest control company. Eric and I are dedicated to providing you with the best resources to help you on your journey to success. Before we begin, I just want to remind everybody, the best way to receive new episodes is by subscribing to our show on your preferred platform, such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you love the show, please leave us a review and a rating. And one last reminder, if you haven't joined our Facebook group, go to Bug Bucks, that's B-U-G-B-U-X on Facebook. We love to hear from our listeners and we love to be able to interact with them on that platform. What do you have for us, Eric? Today, we are diving into best practices when it comes to getting reviews on Google. And we're going to kind of talk about some policies, also some best practices, pro tips, all the fun stuff. So, Alan, I actually have some of Google policy pulled up right here. So if you want to dive mm-hmm. into that, I can yeah, just let's go do for it. it. Yeah, okay, let's do so, it. I'm going to include this link in the show notes for you guys. So if you're wondering where this is coming from, you can just click on the link and go right to it. But this is in Google's policies and it's under prohibited and restricted content. And this has to do with reviews, photos, videos, all of it. If you go down to deceptive content, Hmm. there is a subsection called fake engagement and fake engagement is going to cover most of what I think the PCOs need to be aware of. That's going to kind of cause some issues. So Let's talk about the stuff that Google does not allow right off the top. Paying, incentivizing, or encouraging the posting of content that does not represent a genuine experience. So that's pretty easy. If it's not a genuine experience with the company, then you definitely can't pay or incentivize anything like that. That includes helping out your buddies or telling your buddies to post reviews. Just That's so pretty clear. cool that they, they kind of clarify it by saying not a genuine experience, right? Mm-hmm. Because Yelp, they don't even allow you to ask for one. They don't even allow Ah. you to specifically request a Yelp review. And Google's saying, okay, you can request reviews, but just has to reflect a genuine experience. And even Mm -hmm. more than that, the way I interpret it is, you know, you can encourage it as long as you're not paying somebody to leave a five-star review when they don't think you deserved one or whatever, right? That's how I'm kind of taking it. Yeah. Yeah. And they they actually dive a little bit deeper into some of these details as they go, which is kind of cool. The next one they talk about is discouraging or prohibiting negative reviews or Hmm. selectively soliciting positive reviews from customers. So you guys might have heard about this before. It's called review gating, right? Yep. And it 
if you guys have a system that asks customers, hey, if you feel like we deserve a five-star review, then here's a link, right? If you do that, technically Google sees it as review gating. You have to separate the two and say, hey, we'd love feedback, right? Here's a review link. And you know, tell us how you feel like we did, like if there's a way that we can improve, right? Because Google doesn't want you to selectively ask only the customers who feel like you did well for reviews. It's called review gating. That's we interesting had, because I feel like every large company does that. Dude, Best Buy the other day delivered yeah. a freezer to me. And I know that's exactly what they were doing on a scale from one to 10. How likely mm-hmm. are you to refer to somebody else? you click a, a lower than whatever, lower than mm-hmm. eight, then they're like, oh, here's a feedback form. We'd like to get into the hands of one of our managers. If it's eight or above, it's like, oh, thanks for the positive feedback. Here's a public review link, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, and I'd be shocked. I'm sure tons of companies do this and they probably have no idea that this is an issue. And especially if you're using a platform, like a review platform, mm-hmm. there was a big issue a couple of years ago that Google came out specifically talking about those platforms and review gating. Hmm. So um, if you're wondering, you just have to separate the two. There's a way to do it. And we can talk about that later, but you have to separate you asking for feedback from you asking how you did so that you're not review gating customers. And I think uh, you know one simple way to do it, even if you use one of those third party platforms is just send the review link to everybody, regardless yep. of what they mentioned or said they were yeah. going to review you at. Yeah. And if you, the way that my platform, we got around it at the time is, yeah, you exactly have to send out the review link along with asking how you did. Like, hey, do you mm-hmm. feel like we, we did a five-star job, right? But if you send the link after you figured out that you have a five-star job, or if Google takes a peek at your process and it shows that you're only looking at people who say you're doing a five-star job to give review links Mm -hmm. to, then not so much. Next, it says that content that is not based on a real experience and does not accurately represent the location or product in question. So if anybody's wondering, if you get a review from somebody who is just weird and has nothing to do with your company, like it was an accidental review on your page, or, you know, for example, I had somebody from another company who knocked on somebody's door and my service vehicle was two houses down from that whole experience. So they just put two and two together and thought that the person knocking on the Mm -hmm. door was my door-to-door guy. The guy was kind of a jerk. And so they left us a review. So when we flagged the review, we specifically mentioned this particular part of their policy. Mm -hmm. And that's where that would help you get that review removed. So I think this is a great point because it helps us get rid of the reviews that don't apply. Same thing happened to me. Yep. We, there was a door-to-door situation. They said all these things. And it's like, that doesn't sound like us. We looked at the area. It's like, we haven't knocked in that area this year. And we were able to get it removed. Yeah, 100%. So that one's super useful. And then content that has been incentivized by a business in exchange for discounts, free goods, and or services. And they have a little subsection for that that says this includes merchant requests for revision or removal of a negative review through offered discounts, free goods or services or other incentives. So just to Mm. be clear here, what it's saying is that if you incentivize somebody with discounts, free goods or services to leave you a review, or if you try to incentivize somebody to take off a negative review with discounts or free goods or services, that's a no-go, 100% from Google. So... We talked about this before, and we do this at our company. We incentivize technicians to get reviews, right? Mm-hmm. That's legal. You can do that. 
but that money can't flow from the company to the consumer. Mm. As soon as it does that, Google is totally against it. I wonder what Google would say about us, you know, paying or incentivizing our techs and letting the customer know about that, where it's like, hey, you know, we're going to tip the technician on your behalf, just letting you know. You can actually, and I've looked through Google's policies a few different times, and I might have to eat my words on this in the future. So just forewarning, it doesn't say anything about letting the customer know that you incentivize your technicians. And Mm -hmm. even if you incentivize your technicians for a five-star review. Hmm. So I could tell a customer, hey, just want to let you know, if you feel like we did a good job, I'll actually like give my technician $5 or I'll help Mm -hmm. him do whatever, doesn't matter for all of his customers who leave him a five-star review and mention him by name. The customer can know all of those things. Hmm. As long as that customer doesn't get a discounted service, free service, or any kind of financial incentive from doing it. You know, where it gets kind of tricky is with, you know, the removal of a negative review Yeah, when it's like, hey, it sounds like we didn't do a good job for you. We're going to come back out. We're going to fix the problem. And we're actually just going to waive the service fee. Mm-hmm. You know, and in a lot of cases, that's going to do the trick to get the review, the negative review removed. And so is it just a matter of just not telling them that that's the purpose of yeah. of the refund I, or whatever? You're on the right track. And obviously, I'm sure you love this being an attorney. It's all about like if it's conditional or not. Right. Right. So like, I I remember talking to a customer and they left a really bad review and we charged a cancellation fee and they were upset. And I said, Hey, really sorry about this. You know, I really would love to work out a way that we can maybe even review or remove that review. If you feel like I'm treating you fairly, you know, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to remove that cancellation fee off the account. And you know, whatever you feel like is fair on your end, that's completely up to you. Right. I just want you to know specifically, this doesn't have any strings attached to it. I'm just going to go ahead and remove that fee. Right. And it has to be like, you can, you can even make it a little bit more vague than that. I think if you wanted to, but it just, yeah. Like, Hey, if if you appreciate what we've done, if your impression of us has changed and you feel inclined to update your review, we'd appreciate that. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So for those guys that are listening, there's a way to do it. You just have to make sure that it's not explicitly conditional. So I thought that was an interesting one. Hmm. Here's some other helpful ones as we kind of go down the list. It says content that has been posted by a competitor to undermine a business's or product's reputation. So if you guys think that one of your competitors in your local market is posting fake reviews, then that's what you need to specifically talk about in your, uh, when you're talking to Google about about getting that review removed. We just had this happen a couple of weeks ago. Two door-to-door guys knocking in the same neighborhood, a competitor's door-to-door rep, Felt frustrated. I think it was one of our better reps. Went to talk to the guy. I don't know exactly what was exchanged there, but the review said, left by a door-to-door competitor rep, the review said, went to talk with one of Proof's employees. He was in a neighborhood, was very rude. One star. It's like, (laughs) bro. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds pretty obvious. We got that removed. (laughs) Nice. Let's see. Next on the list, content that has been posted from multiple accounts to manipulate Hmm. a place's rating. So this this kind of goes more into, and you got to remember who you're talking about here is Google. 
possibly the king of algorithms. So they look at reviews and they're going to probably gauge how similar reviews are. And if a review looks like it's been copied and pasted, even if it's from two separate mm. email addresses, it's going to be flagged and they'll have an issue with that. Yep. So keep that in mind. And then the last one here, and this probably has more to do with, I think, AI and other things than anything else. It says content that has been posted using an emulator or hmm. other device tampering service, modified operating system, or other method to mimic genuine engagement, manipulate hmm. sensor data or results, or otherwise thwart or confuse normal operations. Hmm. Okay, so if like you're maybe if a you're bot using, or something, yeah, bots, review services, chat GPT, some type of process that is designed to like automatically go through different email addresses and have an automatic process to leave reviews. Hmm. Don't want to give anybody any ideas here. I was going to say, that's a really good idea. Like, <laughs> hey, Chad GBT, like write a review for a really tasty pizza joint about their pepperoni pizza for a local establishment. And then you just copy and paste it. It's like, Yeah. And it's so crazy. And I'm glad we finally have, are kind of going through some of these more specific points in Google's policies, because there's a lot of times that we had a post in our Bug Bucks Facebook group where somebody specifically asked about these. And I don't think that a lot of business owners, PCOs, go into the policies in Google and actually read them word for word, because there's definitely ways that you can, quote unquote, work around them that mm -hmm. still adhere by their policies. But I'm sure that some guys are probably just blatantly disregarding these. Well, and I think the interesting thing is that Google, I think they do a better job now of filtering out reviews. But even just a few years ago, four or five years ago, it was a heyday. Anything went, mm -hmm. you know, the same person could leave like 20 five-star reviews for their own company, never got filtered. And I was, I kind of noticed the evolution with Google. I think it started in probably 2017 or 2018, where they started to actually filter reviews and do something about some of those practices that they didn't feel were appropriate. Yeah, it's, it's kind of nice. I mean, you know. I like to imagine that Google is always fully staffed and has all sorts of people that just look through reviews and pay attention to my GMB profile and, you know, all those good things. But I don't really think that's very no, likely. It's just time. a computer. Yeah, a computer doing <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. No, not so much. So, I, Al, I know that you, you had some other points on your end. Do we want to talk about some of those? Yeah. So, I'm going to quickly go through kind of just, you know, on this subject of building successful review campaigns as important as they are for our service businesses. I have 10 points here. I'm going to cruise through the 10 points and then we'll kind of go back and try to hit each one of them just at least briefly. We're working with about 15 minutes here. So number one, and I'm just going to read them, no commentary at this point. Number one, provide exceptional customer service. Number two, deliver a quality product or service, which is, I guess is very similar. Number one, Number three, encourage feedback from the consumer. Number four, respond to all reviews. Number five, make it convenient to leave a review. Number six, showcase your positive reviews. Seven, address negative feedback constructively. Eight, train your team about reviews. Nine, monitor the online platforms. And 10, be consistent. So kind of scrolling back to number one, you know, and this kind of goes without saying but honestly, Eric, sometimes I feel, and that's provide exceptional customer service. I feel like sometimes, and we've done this, where it's like we fight so hard against negative reviews and it's like, 
hey, maybe we should address the problem. (laughs) Yeah. Like maybe we should actually do something. Dude, I had a situation today. I was listening to calls and one of my reps, inside sales reps, just really goofed up. And we need to call the person he was speaking with back and apologize. And at, at the end of the day, we don't want negative reviews on there. But the negative reviews can tell us a lot about things that we don't know. Like, hey, yep. you have a guy walking around doing this or that. And I think this kind of relates to number three, which is encourage feedback. Like, what's the culture mm-hmm. of your company? Is it just a facade? Is it just what the reviews are and what you're saying about it? Or do you actually care about your service? And if you actually care about your service, which I think at the end of the day, Eric, is a much larger issue than the reviews. Like, hey, through this process that the internet has allowed, has created for us, we're able to improve our businesses. How incredible is that? So every time, and I get the reaction to just fight against a one-star review. I understand that. I have felt that. But take us, and sometimes it's just a Karen airing some frustration or whatever. But look into it. Look into it and see how it can help your company. Oh, 100%. And when you talk about having a service worth getting a five-star review or a good review, right? I mean, in the service world, you have to remember that people who leave reviews are usually doing so because they have a really good experience Mm -hmm. or they have a really bad experience. Everything in the middle is just kind of expected, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times, like if you look at somebody's reviews in Google and you look at the breakdown of of five-star to one-star, it's usually a lot of five-stars and hopefully not too many, but -hmm. the next thing down the list is just one-stars, right? You Mm -hmm. get the angry people, you get the happy people. So, you know, you want to be able to provide a customer experience that is worthy of a five-star review. Mm-hmm. And I agree with the second thing you said, your company needs to have a culture that wants feedback, craves feedback, it craves evaluation and improvement. Mm-hmm. And the way that we get that is partly from our customer base asking, hey, I'd, I'd love to know more about how you feel like I did today. If you feel like I did a five-star service, I'd love a review. If you feel like I did less than a five-star service, I would love some additional feedback. Tell me what I can do to make this better for you, right? Yeah, and talk kind of addressing that about encouraging feedback, which was the third thing on the list. If you do that, you're actually telling your employees like, hey, a couple of things. One, we want to get better. Two, we appreciate when people tell us when things aren't up to par or aren't as they should be, which what Mm -hmm. is that telling your employees? You know, hey, if they're like this with customers, then they probably want my feedback. And it's not just lip service where it's like, hey, we really want to know how you feel. They tell us. And then we're like, we're not like that. We didn't do that. Right. (laughs) So that's number three. That's a really good point. Number four, respond to all reviews, whether positive or negative. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the engagement, Google wants to see that you're engaging with Mm -hmm. reviews on your GMB profile. And people want to see that you're engaging with reviews. You know, if I go on some company and I look at the reviews and I see that not only when people leave good reviews and bad reviews, but that business owner responds and engages mm-hmm. with those customers. I think, oh my gosh, like they actually want to talk with their clients. They want to engage mm-hmm. with their customers. So if I have a problem, then I you know, can reach out to them and they're going to engage with me. It, it mm-hmm. provides a really good level of transparency. I think that's true even when it's positive feedback, mm-hmm. because it's kind of like when you say thank you, you want people to say you're welcome. And that's yep. kind of that concept. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, thank you for doing a good service for us. Here's a five-star review, nothing. And I think, (laughs) so Proof has tens of thousands of reviews across different platforms and stuff. 
I don't know that we have been 100% diligent in this one. So number four, respond to all reviews. Number five, make it convenient to leave reviews. So we talked a little bit about that when we were going through the policies. What are we doing to let them know, one, that we're collecting them, how to you know leave a review, things like that. And this is a really big one for us. Let me look at my list here. So this kind of relates to train your team mm-hmm. where we want to be asking them, even if they've already left us a five-star review, we're asking every one of our customers, every time we do a service, reservice, anything, we're sending them a really easy link to leave us a review. And then kind of the train your team, I think it touches on this. We also talk about it a lot. We praise it a lot. Like we have uh, text threads or chat threads with our technicians when somebody gets a five-star review. Every technician in that office knows about it, who it came from, who it was about, and what was said. And so that just encourages this behavior. I honestly think that, and we also do some incentives like we talked about before, Mm -hmm. but I think that encouragement, I think that does more than the actual incentives. I'm not 100% sure, but my, my gut's saying that it does. You know, I think people would be really surprised how many of their team members are words of affirmation types, you know, incentives mm-hmm. are great. Money is awesome. But having your boss, having your supervisor pull you aside and say, hey, dude, you're killing it. You're doing a great job. Or even like recognize you in front of your peers and say, hey, mm-hmm. like check out Steven. He is slaying it out there with reviews. You know, those kinds of, of situations are so affirming, so empowering for some employees. So it's- I think that's awesome. It's interesting because I think the negative sticks with us a little more. The other day I was at my son's baseball game, entire time I'm cheering him on, talking to him in the dugout, great job, great catch, great throw, great eye, you know, looking at pitches that weren't strikes and and all these things. And then after the game, I was talking to him, I'm like, said all those things, ah, that's a great game, he did this, you know, I went through my, my little routine with him. And then I'm like, next time, lay off those high pitches. And he says, and he's 10, but he's like, (laughs) you never say anything nice about me. (laughs) And I'm like, what? (laughs) And and I think that happens sometimes with our employees where it's like the negative just, it's remembered a little more. It's a little more poignant. So kind of going off on a tangent there, but keep, it's just a really good opportunity. And it's something that I struggle with is recognizing people. So when somebody else recognizes them, one thing you can do to recognize them is pass it along and kind of shout it from the rooftops. Yes. And that kind of leads to number six, which is showcase positive reviews. I think there's two Mm -hmm. ways to do this. I think do it internally and externally. Post it on your website, you know, especially when there's keywords in there about what the service was. Took care of my, my carpenter ants in, you know, the Detroit metro area or the Farmington mm-hmm. Hills area or whatever, because then it kind of doubles as both social proof and SEO. Yeah. And I love that you touch on social proof. It's so important that you use that as a magnet for your customers anywhere you can, right? When people go on Google, it's really easy for them to see reviews. Just like if they hop on Amazon, they can see reviews so simply. But on your website, they're assuming that everything on your website is kind of biased because it's your mm-hmm. website, right? Mm-hmm. The more that you can put reviews from outside sources on your website, it just helps with that social proofing aspect of your service and your brand. And it helps them want to make a decision. Oh, Susan from my area says that they're the most dependable company that she's worked with. They're worth a phone call, right? Mm-hmm. 
You especially want to place those strategically on your website when you want the user to interact in some way, some call to action, you know, form fill, what whatever it is, call us. You want those relatively mm-hmm. close to those CTAs. Number seven, address negative feedback constructively. I think this one's really interesting because if a company has a bunch of reviews, let's say they've got a 4.7, 4.8, I'm not going to look at the five stars. I'm going to immediately sort mm-hmm. by the one stars and I'm going to say, okay, what are the bad things that people are saying and how did the company handle them? Yes. Yeah. And I, you know, I do the same thing, whether I'm searching for a service industry on Google or whether I'm searching for a product on Amazon. If I see something that has, you know, 4.8, 4.9, I look at the bad stuff and I'm like, what am I risking here? Like, what was, what's the dirty laundry for this company? Right. And then just like our list says, you know, if I look at somebody's bad review on Google, and I also see that the company has responded to it like, hey, Susan, I'm so sorry that you had that experience with our company. We would love to make it up for you. Please contact our customer service team at this number. We'll be awaiting your call, right? You know, then I say, well, maybe they messed up or maybe there was a bad experience, but this company is the kind of company that wants to fix it. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that, right? Not everybody's perfect. I want the kind of company that wants to fix their mistakes. Yeah, that's a really big part of it because we all know that no business is perfect. When you go into business with somebody, especially a service company, you're like, hey, mm-hmm. I want somebody to meet my expectations. And clearly, the expectations weren't met. Looks like the company did something about it. And regarding addressing negative feedback constructively and when to correct people, I would say you only correct, quote unquote, correct somebody if it is a factual scenario. If they leave in the review, I called these, you know, these guys at noon on Friday and they were closed. Do it in a way that's not argumentative, but where you're clarifying so that people don't think you're actually closed at noon on Friday. You know, we dropped the ball here, it sounds like, because we're actually not closed at noon on Friday. So you want to correct it. But if it's something like they did a poor service, they didn't take care of my bugs, they did this or that, do not argue, do not get in a back and forth, own it. And I've just seen this happen too many times and it's just, it's just inappropriate and it's kind of off-putting. So don't do that. We kind of went over train your team a little bit. Number nine is monitor online platforms. I just mentioned before we hit the record button that I receive an email showing me every single review that's left across all of our branches. And I remember one time, it was one of the sharks. I'm trying to remember which one it was, but he was giving this keynote speech and he was talking about how when they get a one-star review for one of his companies, like even his phone rings, like he gets an alert or something and it's mm. like all hands on deck to take care of the customer. And so that's kind of been been our approach because what this individual has done is shown a propensity to tell others about their experience and you want to get in front of that as soon as you can. 100%. And what gets focused on usually improves. And if you're trying to improve your process or your results when it comes to reviews, then you have to be keeping an eye on the platforms that you're getting reviews through. And then of course, you should be keeping an eye on on metrics that you use to measure performance from your team. You know, both Alan and I offer incentives for technicians. And in order for us to offer incentives, we have to be able to track that data. So if you guys aren't currently tracking that data, you guys are listening and thinking, man, I'd love to have that kind of process, you know, figure out a way to do it. Create some incentives. If you have any questions about that, you can reach out to me or Alan. We can kind of give you some ideas, but don't just let the reviews come in you know, make sure you have a plan to have some kind of line of communication from the platforms to let you know you got a review. That way you mm-hmm. have eyes on it. And then keep a KPI, a metric mm-hmm. to kind of show you how you're doing and how your trends are going. 
Yeah, that's a great point. It goes back to training your team. So don't just train them about how to collect the review, train them on how to respond to them. Make sure that there's responsibility and authority that is delegated to them so that they know. So that because we have quite a few people, we have, I think, 10 people that see every single review in the company. Maybe not that many, maybe it's six or seven, but it's really clear who does what. And for us, when we get a one-star review happened this morning, we have certain people that immediately respond to everybody and give an update. This person was contacted within five minutes of receiving the review. We have a reservice scheduled. I'll keep you up to date regarding what happens. So that for a couple of reasons, one, everybody doesn't just assume that somebody else is doing something with it. Two, everybody doesn't assume that nobody's doing something so that, you know, the customer potentially gets bombarded with five phone calls and just having that open communication. So the last one is being consistent. And this is especially important for newer companies that are doing review campaigns where they're a lot more vulnerable to a one star. I have a branch that has, it's probably has 12 to 1300 five star reviews or more. I don't know where we're at right now. A one star review is not going to, and it has an actual five out of five rating, which can sometimes be problem some because people think that, that they're fake, but then they see that there's 1200 of them. And then they'll <laughs> see the one stars that just aren't significant enough to affect the rating. So that branch isn't as vulnerable as some of these startups and where we were when we started. So make sure that you get, I don't know what you'd recommend, Eric, but a solid 10 plus five-star reviews as soon as you open your doors as feasibly possible. 100%. And you know, I imagine when you first start in business and you go out and you get your first 10, 15, 25 customers, you're probably getting those customers by talking about your vision for your business and you being a new local provider. And they're probably buying into that, which means they're probably pretty good candidates for leaving you a five-star review, right? So if you have, if there's any new companies out there and you're trying to get your first, you know, handful of customers, reviews are going to be huge for you. Just like Alan's saying, it's a law of averages, right? The more five-star reviews you have, the less of an impact those one-star reviews are going to be. And one-star reviews, unfortunately, are inevitable. Eventually, you're Mm going to get somebody, whether it's a reliable experience or whatever's going on, you know, they misinterpret something or miscommunicate, you're going to have a one-star review and you need to have those big reviews that kind of combat that law of averages in your favor. Love it. So in this episode, we've gone over some of Google's policies, kind of clarified some of the do's and don'ts, things that that are allowed, some things that aren't. And I think that provides some clarity into some practices. And then we went over what we suggest to be 10 great practices for having a successful review campaign and just overall online presence. Make sure that you share this episode with somebody even if it's a coworker, office staff, people that you have, they're, they're working on your reviews within your company. Make sure to share this with them. Point them to a specific part. If they're working on the team aspect of it, or if they're the ones that respond to the review, make sure to share this episode with them. Point them to that spot. Also, want to reiterate for the third time, make sure you check out our Bug Bucks Plus platform. Go to bugbucksplus.com. Check us out. It's an incredible course. We have all sorts of great leaders in our industry that are sharing their wealth of knowledge. And we're continuing to add to that course on a monthly basis. So we're just getting started with it. Make sure that you check it out and let us know how we're doing. And we'll catch you next time. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Bug Bucks Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please show your support by subscribing and leaving us a five-star rating. Thank you, and we'll catch you on next week's episode.